This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. Today I'm with Bieber Castle, garden show organiser Andy Tudbury, who has a background in photography and garden design. Now Andy set up the garden show four years ago and the 2022 show is on the 16th and 17th of July. It's the longest continuous garden show in the UK and that's for a very special reason, isn't it Andy? Well, you managed to keep going during the pandemic, didn't you? Yeah, good morning. It's it's something we 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 don't particularly brag about, um, but yeah, we 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 kept going. Uh, we had to jump through lots of hoops, and quite rightly so. You know, it was a very tough time for everybody, and we had to run on fifteen hundred bodies on site. Um, so, you know, from a business point of view, it wasn't profitable. But the comments we had back from traders and the public as to how good it was to actually get out at that time of year uh, after what everybody was going through it was it was worth doing no indeed how I mean how did you manage to keep going belligerence i think uh someone <laughs> somebody's described it as and, and uh, stubbornness but no we we, we increased spacing and, and like i say we consulted with the local health and safety and environmental people and and you know they they put certain demands on us as to what we had to do and sanitize the stations and um I think the, the the biggest thing that jumped out at me afterwards, we we brought all these fabulous traders into the show, and the biggest compliment we had was how clean the toilets were, <laughs> which uh, is a sort of a little ironic. But uh, we had to pay for somebody somebody to clean them between uses and and everything, and and that we've learned from that, and we've actually kept that, and we're going to keep that going forward. Brilliant! So it's it's the garden show with the cleanest toilets in Britain with as the well. Cleanest <laughs> toilets in the country. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, 
it's, it's amazing how these things pop up but uh, but yeah it's it's that was one thing that came out but no we, we just had to go with with what we were told to do and, and clicker on the gate and you know extra spacing and things like that so it was a case of uh, you either followed the rules or you didn't play no um, simple as that so how much are things back to normal for this year uh what is normal um I'm fairly new to to uh, the events game, as as you know. I mean, this will be our fifth year, but um, I've certainly learnt through things we've had to do through the pandemic. Um, so, what is normal? I think it's going to be a new normal. Uh, there will be changes. There'll be slight tweaks at most shows. I would imagine. We're certainly keeping a lot of the space in between traders because the traders liked it. It actually benefited them. So, yeah, um, I think hopefully it's going to be fairly normal. Oh, brilliant. Now, just going back a bit, what was your, your journey from being a, a garden designer to setting up a show? What was your motivation to set a show up? I, I suffered a, a midlife crisis at about the age of 40 and changed from having been in photography 30 years and, and went to college and university and, and got my uh, foundation degree in, in garden design and things. I'd actually started in design back in the 70s, so I'm showing my age now, but um, photography and garden design are, are pretty much similar, they're like fine art, they all work on composition and balance and use of colours and textures etc. It's just that we, as Gertrude Cheekle said, we, we paint with plants. Um, so my journey through garden design took me through 28 show gardens um, and, I, and it was one morning when I was travelling down the M42 at 5 in the morning to Gardeners World Live and I thought why haven't we got a similar type of show in the East Midlands. Uh, I'm a Nottingham guy. You know, we, we've got nothing. There's flower shows. There's some really good flower shows. Um, you know, I know Amazon run a, a good show at Newark. But it, it was, I wanted to do something that was similar to what I'd seen uh, when I got my uh, show garden head on. Um, but I wanted to, to change it in a little way by making it accessible to, to as many people as we could, um, skill-wise, skill levels. So that sort of started it off. It'd be about seven years ago, I think, when uh, when I got home and started moaning at the wife and she said, look, just do it yourself. Um, and I thought it'd be really easy and it's not, you know. So uh, that, that sort of kick-started it, I think. And we, we, we ended up at Beaver Castle five, well, just over five years ago, the negotiations began. So what were, what were the biggest difficulties you had to overcome, the biggest hurdles? Horticulture is probably a fairly unique trade. It, it's full of fantastic people. Um, when we do show gardens, the public assume that you know, you're in competition with the guy next to you and you know, you're not going to get on. And this, but that's as far from the truth as, as I've ever experienced. So it was a case of dragging out my, my little black book of contacts and, and getting in touch with um, people that I'd met over the previous sort of uh, 10 or 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And and the biggest thing was convincing them to, you know, come and support what we do uh, or what we're trying to do. And and it's not just getting the public on side, it's getting the trade on side. Obviously, we've had two years of, of pandemic and that, that's sort of thrown everything uh, uh, slightly up in the air, shall we say. But, it, but yeah, it's, it's been... It's been an interesting uh, thing, and the biggest hurdle was, you know, convincing the castle that yeah, trust this this guy from nowhere to 
try and build a show on, on their showground. That was the first hurdle. Then it was getting people on, on board, you know, with the trade and then selling the idea to the public. And that's an ongoing, um, not battle, but it's an ongoing project to, to sort of get people to realise that what we're doing and producing is a good show. No, indeed. And you've got some backing from fairly big names in, in the uh, the show industry. Um, Stephen Bennett, the ex-RHS shows director, and Andrew Fisher-Tomlin from uh, London College of Garden Design. So how do you work with those two? Um, again, it goes back to my time as a, as a garden designer. Um, you know, you, you do meet some fantastic people, and I, I was very lucky to meet everybody from Prince Charles and Princess Anne through to the people you've mentioned. Um, after the first year, uh, I suddenly realised that, hang on, this wasn't going to be so easy. So I got in touch with Stephen Bennett, uh, and I'd met Stephen at one of the shows when when he was working, and... I've always had this principle in life that if you can, you start at the top. Um, you ask the top person for the help, for their advice, whatever it might be. And if they can't help you for whatever reason, then you find the next person down that you know. Um, and that's that's not saying the next person is, is less, but you start with the most experienced, if you know what I mean. And, and Stephen gladly came on board. And, and I always remember his one criteria that he laid down with me was, the show must remain quality over quantity for him to put his name to it. And, and that's what we've, we've tried to do. We, we keep the quality there. You know, every trader that comes along, we, we vet them. We make sure that the, the, the sound people, they're following certain rules and regulations and the, and the good people. And that's not hard to find in horticulture. The, the good people are all around us. Indeed, and uh, with Andrew Fisher Tomlin, you, 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 he helps with some the gardens, doesn't he? Malvern uh, Spring Show 2010, I think it was. Uh, uh, Andrew was an RHS judge at the time, and he actually gave me my first silver medal. Um, I've always said that he should have been a gold, but there you go. Um, one day he'll, he'll give in and actually do it. But uh, yeah, Andrew's Andrew's great to work with. Um, we've just this minute, well, this week, we've closed the applications for for this year's uh, countryside borders competition that we run with uh, with andrew and the london college and andrew started off and i think the first year he supported i think it's four gardens little gardens two two and a half meters square they are um it grew the second year to i think it was eight and then last year it was up to 12 and this year he said look let's go for it let's let's have 20 places so we've got 20 bursaries that Andrew sees to, uh, you know, to help people along. And we've had 42 applications. Wow. And we, we, how Andrew is going to get them down to 20, I don't know, because the quality is stunning. We, we've had applications from Norway, Switzerland, France, Tenerife, even Santa Barbara in America. There's one kicking around that's come from there. Um, so... Andrew's got all on next week to uh, to sit down and go through the designs because they're, they're absolutely incredible. Um, what amazes me um, as a designer at heart is that all these people had the same brief. They were all given the same brief, the same size garden, the same conditions, the same time to build it. And we've got 42 different designs. 
it's, it's incredible. It looks like there's plenty of demand um, for garden designs there, but we, we've had a bit of a look into the nurseries at shows in the last few years, last couple of years during lockdown. A lot of them have gone online and selling more from mail order, and maybe the shows aren't such an attraction for them anymore. But um, how are you finding it attracting more nurseries into the show? Yeah, it, it is It is difficult, especially, um, I mean, this year, of course, there's a lot of, shows that have got up and got running again after the last two years you know so um, we're competing again to attract these these nurseries against the rhs shows and the, the yorkshire show and things like that you know the big shows that are suddenly coming online again um we've got i think we've got about 14 different growers with us this year which is which is really good i, I you know i'd always like another two or three or four um, but yes, it is something that's been fed back to me by several growers, several nurseries, that the last two years they've had to adapt, you know, and, and keep a living, keep a, keep a roof over the greenhouse. And, and it's, they've had to earn the money. And what they've done is they've gone online and, and, you know, they're turning around and saying, hang on a minute, why should we travel all over the UK at our expense? And it is tiring, it is expensive. You know, when we can make a really good living out of mail order. And, and, and maybe that's one of the changes that will have come out of the pandemic. You know, what is normal? That's probably one thing that has changed. No, well, it's good that you've got um, a good number there. I guess the other two big uh, attractions for the, the shows are speakers and entertainment. So what have you got lined up for those two areas? I mean, we, we, we couldn't do any of this, like you've already said, without the support of people like Andrew. We, Rob and Rosie Hardy also support the show, and uh, Rob is entertaining. <laughs> you know, when he's selling his plants, he, he keep, he's, he's good to watch. But we, we have a talk stage, which I believe, especially this year, is probably second to none in the UK. Um, we've got David Dominey headlining it on both days with Jonathan Mosley. We've got Professor David Stevens. Um, we've got... Uh, a young lad coming along to do his first first time with Joe Bagley. Um, we've got Annabelle Padwick. We've got there's there's loads and loads of people that we've got. Gareth Wilson, uh, John Sterling, who is a local. Uh, he won't like me saying this, but he's a local legend. He's got his 50 year RHS badge. I think he actually went through university with um, with Alan Titchmarsh. You know, so um, he's a good guy. Uh, John is, and we'll we'll have a. a question time panel and we'll have various demonstrations throughout the day uh, both days we've got and then when we come down to the other end of the showground we've got some live music going on um, we're not talking Led Zeppelin or Elton John or nothing like that but the good quality local entertainers will, will provide some musical background to the show and we've got various foods down there so people can chill out and listen to the music and you're bigger this year aren't you you're expanding well, we're trying to. The, it came about, we had a four-year contract on the original show, show site. And last September, we re-entered negotiation with the castle. And the castle were very keen on us to move to their larger show, showground. Um, it's three times the size, basically. It is absolutely, it's, it's quite daunting. It's enormous. We'll never, ever fill it. I think it's probably about 10 times the size of Wembley Stadium. You know, it's, it's an enormous area. But we've, it's flatter, it's closer to the castle. It's not up near the castle because the castle's on top of a one in four hill and, and marquees tend to slide off. 
Um, you know, so we're down on the flat in the estate. We've gone this bigger area. We've got better parking or bigger parking areas uh, for the public and for the trade. And it just sent the right time that after four years at a very pretty site down by the lakeside to, to move on to what they call Ladiesfield. And, and yet yeah, let's see if we can make it that little bit bigger. Let's increase the size. And at the minute we are looking like it's going to, it's bigger now than it was July last year, touch wood. Um, you know, the bookings that we've already got on uh, with traders and with the gardens and, and demonstration areas, uh, it is bigger. And we've got some new things online as well. So it, it's, you know, we're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. Oh, brilliant. And it, I see you've got sponsors too. The Downtown Garden Centre is one of them. How, how, how do you get sponsors on board and what, what, do, the, what do you offer them and what do they offer you? Uh, it's a lot of shoe leather, a lot of diesel in the car driving around to, for meetings and trying to convince people to come on board. Um, we have been lucky. We, we get the support with London College. Downtown, I was in a meeting with them on Tuesday this week and they get a couple of million people footfall over their, over their garden centre every year. Uh, it's, it's a massive garden centre near Grantham and just off the A1. Since we started, I've, I've tried to uh, get going what I call a sow and grow competition uh, aimed at school children because I'm a big believer that we've got to get the kids on board in, in the trade, you know. The eight-year-old that comes on to the show is the Alan Titchmarsh in 30 years or, or, the, or the Adam Frost. You know, the, these people have got to start somewhere. So we've been trying to encourage them with a, uh, a wheelbarrow sort of design competition. Well, this year we've tied in with, with Downtown. Um, this is going to be launched officially in a couple of weeks' time. But the Sow and Grow competition is now open to anybody up to 16, not just schools. And, and downtown are going to oversee that, they're going to push that along and, and hopefully we can get 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, people, kids interested in horticulture because it's a great career. No, indeed, brilliant. And, and you mentioned another young person who you're getting involved this year, Joe Bagley, who's a houseplant guy. So can you tell us a bit about him? Joe um, was suggested to me by Karen Gimson, um, who's local and, and very, you know, she's very knowledgeable. The story, as I understand it, his business came out of lockdown. Uh, he's 20, 21 year old, living in an apartment, and he suddenly amalgamate, uh, sort of managed to get together about 1,400 houseplants into this apartment. This is the story I've, I've got. Um, and because we, the whole ethos of the show that I'm, I'm trying to build is to give everybody a chance. You know, we, we have gold medal winning people there. We have TV celebrities, but we want these youngsters along to, to sort of rub shoulders with these people and learn and keep the trade going. So I, I, I rang Joe. Uh, I think he did something at Gardeners World Live last year with Adam Frost, maybe. I, that's the story I've got. And we asked Joe if he, if he wanted to get involved. And he's going to come along and, and uh, he's going to pitch in on the question time uh, panels and, and he's having a stand in the marquee to sort of promote what he does and and, uh, and everything else. So, you know, I, th I think he may be even at Chelsea this year doing something. I'm not sure. That you know what the rumour mill's like in, in horticulture, um, you know, but we're giving Joe the opportunity to come along, get some experience and... and uh, you know, you can you can take it from there, and hopefully it helps him and it helps us. Oh, 
huh? Brilliant. Now looking around the whole of the the show um, the show market, what do you, what do you think the the state of the market is this year? What do you think the sort of state of play in in all the shows across the UK is? Is it buoyant? What's it like? I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be very buoyant this year. Um, the, the, like I say, there's a lot of shows that have uh, if you pardon the, the pun have sprung up out of uh, out of nowhere at this time of year, new shows and the, there's established shows that are coming back online. Um, the RHS are, are really going for it in big ways at Chelsea and, and Hampton Court and Tatton, you know, and then we've got Harrogate, Malvern. I think it's going to be a good year to be visiting garden shows, a very good year. Um, there's going to be a lot of things there for people to get out and look at. And I think there's going to be new products as well. You know, horticulture is changing. Uh, we've got to change. We've got to move with the times. So why do you think it is going to be buoyant? Is it just is there a bit of pent up demand or, or what is it? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's probably like a bit like licking the cork out of a bottle of prosecco this year. You know, after the last two years, I think uh, we saw an increase even last year on on attendance numbers. You know, we don't get the twenty thousand a day. We don't get the ten thousand a day. You know, we work on two or three thousand people a day, but they come along and they spend. And the reaction last July were from the traders, they couldn't believe how good the, the, the quality of attendee was uh, from their point of view. They, they came along, they wanted to engage with the traders, they wanted to spend money, they wanted to have a good time. And I think that's going to carry over to this year. Oh, yeah. It's going to carry over to the spring, I'm sure it is. Talking about you know, the customers spending, you know, just looking at it all financially, you know, how does it all add up? What's the most important financial elements of running the show? As, as you know, I mean, I, I this is my baby. There's, there's no big committee behind us. There's no big massive sponsor. We've not got a Richard Branson with his hand in the pocket. We pay the castle a rent for the field. The Duchess and Duke are very supportive, but we hire the field. So the, the book stops with me. Um, uh, you know, I didn't want to retire anyway, so... Yeah, the costs to be covered are extensive. Um, you try not to think about it too much at times. But um, the, the hardest thing, I suppose, is getting the... Um, well, we're now at the point where it's ticket sales. It's getting the punters there. Um, you know, we, we've got to sort of get the footfall through the door uh, to keep the traders happy. It's a very chicken and egg situation where, yes, we can get more traders there, but if there's not sufficient footfall to make it worth a while, then the traders aren't happy. If we've not got sufficient traders, then the public aren't happy. So it's a very fine balancing act. And we, we, we've had to, over the last five years, let the show grow. Uh, again, organically, uh, I suppose, is the easiest way to... It's had to grow. It's had to be self-sufficient. It's had to, you know, sort of plough back into it for the following year and things like that. And we're trying to grow it steadily to make it make it last but the, the hardest part i suppose is um i don't think there is a hardest part i think it's like you know it's just like one big jigsaw and it's all got to come together at the right time all right well that's given us a really good um, insight into how uh, how the show works and how garden shows in, in general work so um no i mean i'm really looking forward to seeing how it all goes on the 16th of uh, and 17th of july this year when the uh when the uh, the court goes comes out with a bottle of prosecco once again, but um, well, I, think, I think there'll be plenty of that from uh, from what I'm hearing. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Now, just to finish off, Andy, what we always ask our guests on the Whole Week podcast is, if you're on a desert island and you had to take one plant, what would you take? As a vegetarian myself for more than 50 years, um, that's probably an easy one for me to answer. Uh, I think it would be the good old-fashioned potato. Yeah. That sounds like a like a, a pretty a, a pretty good option, yeah. So I suppose you'd uh, you'd you'd get to get to feed yourself, and um, it would all be good. It's about time to plant potatoes now. Actually, I've got some sprouting just under the sink. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my seed potatoes have just come through from uh, Fothergills this week, um, so they'll be going in on my my garden at the back of the house. Brilliant. That's that time of year. The sun the sun's coming out, and it's spring. So. Once again, thank you very much to Andy Tudbury from the Beaver Castle Garden Show. And I'm Matthew Appleby, editor of Horticulture Week. So make sure you never miss a Horticulture Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. I'm Matthew Appleby and goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.